Yes, yes, it is DJ Ski from Dash Radio, and you are now listening to the number one South Asian radio station in the world. I'm talking about Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio's exclusive South Asian station. Let's go. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and welcome to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Shilpa Shah, an entrepreneur and co-founder of the global fashion brand Guyana and Simran Singh, an equity and justice scholar and author of the children's book, Foja Singh Keeps Going. Stay tuned. So here's a question. In our collective consumer world, and particularly with attention to the tangible things that we wear and use, is there a way to harmonize the quality, quantity, and thoughtfulness of these items as we live our lives? That's perhaps a question that can be answered by Shilpa Shah. She's the co-founder of the global fashion brand Guyana and is bending the pathway of choices toward her company's mantra of fewer, better things. Her brand is proud of its sustainability and social activism and is a selection favorite for influencers and celebrities. Shilpa is the daughter of immigrants, she's a mom to three young kids, and she's been able to iterate with both innovation and purpose in her personal and professional endeavors. Our conversation started with how life in the COVID backdrop has brought new lessons or inspired her differently. Has there been any lessons so far that COVID has brought you, but particularly from the inspiration piece, meaning where the next idea or concept comes from? Has the COVID experience sort of cultivated any brand new inspirations for you? It definitely has. I mean, I, I think you, it is, it is hard to not, get caught up in just the negativity of the environment and the atmosphere that our lives are markedly changed. And we're not quite sure if the changes are temporary or more permanent. Um, but in those times you also do do a lot of self-reflection. I know there's been a lot of articles and, you know, pieces around the silver linings of COVID, etc. Um, for Kuyana and for me personally, it's really forced us to look inward as to what what really matters to us as people and as a brand and how are we going to continue to connect with our customers as a result of that? And so that's really been where the inspiration has been drawn from is that um, what made us who we are from a Guyana perspective with fewer, better things and that intentional mindset are even more relevant now. Um, So how do we go back to that well and do what we do even better um, and yeah. that's what's been really inspiring to see how that's landing on people and um, how much more relevant it becomes every day. Well, you know, with the part of being um, optimistic, so to speak, mm-hmm. right, finding silver linings and, and that, is that something that has now bred either more um, new ideas for the brand or is it taking um, the brand in any different directions based upon how people are feeling out there? It's taken us back to really the core um, and focus on what makes us who we are without distraction. So, you know, um, when you're forced to cut orders, to redirect money, 
um, you go to what's most essential, um, which is kind of at the heart of our message anyway. Um, so that's actually like, you think that you don't get, you know, fatty over time, but you do. Um, and so, you know, being forced to, to become a little bit more startup in mindset is really what's been the the dramatic change for us. And almost like, uh, the foundational sort of aspects Mm -hmm. of like going back to sort of hearkening, how was, what did this feel like when we were first starting out? Is that kind of the sentiment so far? Yes. Um, it forces you to be really scrappy, but in a great way, because it also, you also have a base, you already know who you are. So doing that, it's in, it's an iterative scrappiness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is sort of a great place to be in, right? So you're sort of trying and failing and trying and failing. Yeah, like in the, in the beginning of starting something new, you have no idea um, whether it's going to work or not. And you don't know what about it is going to is working or not working. Right. Yeah. All of it's a, all of it kind of is a crapshoot. And so that's what's really stressful is you don't know what lever to pull or whether your idea itself is just not a good one. Yeah. Um, and so now we know it all works. We know the business is successful. So we can iterate with with that confidence, um, but still mm. put put the mind that startup scrappiness. Um, people are a little bit more forgiving right now, too. So we can try right. new things in that context, too. When you were thinking about this in the very beginning, or when you were even sort of your backstory and even your personal background, is there an element that sort of feeds to that, meaning it makes it easier to be scrappy and iterative and cultivate that, that spirit of innovation? Does your background, is there, are there parts of your background or your family's background, your cultural background that sort of, you know, caters to that to make that process a little bit easier? Absolutely. Um, You know, we, uh, Carla and I joke, so Carla, my co-founder about how, um, you know, I'll give you a little anecdote that I wanted to be a graphic designer. She wanted to be a fashion designer. So like good immigrant children, we yeah. studied math, math and finance Perfect. Um, right. <laughs> and computer science. So, um, that, that, but that immigrant mindset is really there in all of it. So we studied those things, yeah. but then also did creativity because that was important to us and doing design and that immigrant mindset is what, you know, whenever we're posed with a problem, we're like, okay, how do we also solution this? Where do we dig um, deep within ourselves to find that resourcefulness the same way that our parents did when we came here and the same way we made that thing, made something out of nothing. Um, right. So it, it definitely does stem from that immigrant mentality. And, um, you know, I think specifically a South Asian diasporic journey for, for our family um, coming yeah. from multiple continents. My dad was born and raised in Uganda um, mm. and did the British Imperial Balance to go from Uganda to England to America. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that that wherewithal um, really helps us helps us overcome things and obstacles that we're faced with, yeah. um, but also gives us an appreciation for the fact that we do have something to land on. Yeah. Well, you um, know, and there's, it, does that find you at this kind of um, juncture sometimes of, you know, balancing how you take risks yeah. and being really creative and putting yourself out there 
with the aspect of making sure that you're foundational and that you're, you have security. And sometimes that's a very challenging one, even for the immigrant yeah. mindset. And, um, you know, for you in, in your sort of career trajectory, whether it was growing up or even as you became a professional, um, did you find that hard to try and mix together? Or were you always with that mindset of saying, hey, no, I'm going to take that creative risk. And how did you sort of manage that one? No, I definitely, my, my brother's an entrepreneur and he was always like, I, I'm going to, you know, um, risk it all from day one. Um, but my mindset has been much more, um, much more stayed. Like I always wanted to make sure I could take care of myself, take care of our family. Um, my husband's a doctor, as you know, Swapnil. Mm-hmm. he, um, so I, I basically, didn't feel like I could take a financial risk until he was settled through residency and everything. And so when I was in business school, when he was finishing his fellowship, um, it almost, it was, it was the opposite occurred for the first time I actually did have stability and wasn't the primary income earner. So it almost became like, if I didn't take a risk that would be wasted. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it motivated me to put myself out there because I had everything, um, like basically generationally, I, everything had built up to this moment. Right. 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 And, and is, well, I was mm-hmm. going to say if in because it sort of builds up to that moment and, yep. you know, because kind of Kuyana at least builds upon that spirit of the modern woman. Mm -hmm. Is that basically the embodiment of it right there where you're taking advantage of, of uh, opportunity and yet um, you have some sort of sense of your foundation, sense of your background as you take that opportunity. That's super insightful. I haven't thought of it that way. Um, But I think that's pretty accurate because it is about this leading with beauty and being multifaceted and even the way the products are designed and that versatility, but it's always rooted in this heritage and strong foundation of quality. Um, so you could actually apply that to the product itself, to the company itself, to the founders for sure. Um, so to Carla and I, um, you know, that, that women, and, and maybe this is an immigrant thing too, also, um, in our approach, but Carla and I, wanted to have it all. And to us, that meant having a really beautiful personal family life as well as the business. Um, We were going to be uncompromising in that perspective, um, which I think is also Guyana because we don't compromise the beauty or the quality or the story. Nothing is compromised. It's so much harder um, to do all of it. Um, But that's really part of the ethos of the brand and the company as well. Uh, You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. My guest today is Shilpa Shah. After a quick break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about Kuyana. Stay with us. David, and you're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. My guest today is Shilpa Shah. Um, Shilpa, I wanted to ask you, and you've probably described this so many times before, but maybe from a, a personal standpoint, what does fewer, better things mean to you? Um, that's a great question. I, you know, as 
as you know, that that's the ethos and tagline of our brand. Um, and from a brand perspective, what we realized, what we were offering was very difficult to explain. Um, so we wanted to anchor it into something very simple that was an aspirational goal for women or, or some, for some women, they live this way. And so it resonates with them as well is that we as Americans had too much stuff. We were inundated with things that didn't really have meaning. Um, for me personally, what was interesting is that I wasn't somebody who always lived this way and, you know, the products in my life didn't serve an intentional purpose. And when Carla, um, first, you know, started talking to me about this idea, um, the aspiration of it and who, who doesn't want a life that way. Right. And I myself wanted it. Right. Yeah. And, and she, she was definitely on the spectrum of where she had it. And she always lived this way. I mean, this is a sure. woman who has a set amount of hangers. And when she buys something new, something goes like she won't buy yeah. more hangers. Yeah. Um, and you that know, takes, so, a, you know, that takes a lot of discipline, right? So right. Was, was that a tough, um, in, I'm uh, not a tough, but was it, was it a challenge then for you to sort of pivot in, in that direction? It was, it was a very, um, rewarding journey. So yes, yeah. like it took, it took some time, but in the time of realizing that, so when we started the company in 2011, we actually didn't bring out. And, um, so we started slow and tested a lot of things, put it to market. And then we launched the brand with marketing and fewer, better things in 2013. So two sure. years later. Yeah. And so in that two years, what, um, I got so much reward and benefit from living this way. Like, Packing for travel became easier. Getting dressed for events became easier. Um, I just stopped worrying about certain things and it allowed me to live more, yeah. which, I, which I really appreciated. And what I realized is somebody who lives this way can't even see that they are. Like that's yeah. just what they do. Um, and so through that journey myself, we were able to say, this is an aspirational message for our customers to achieve. Yeah. And so it was really in that combination of her and my journey together that made us come up with the phrase for a consumer setting. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's uh, first off, I wish I had that ethos. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it would be behoove many of us to maybe not live in that same excess um, and be more thoughtful and mindful about that based upon, yeah. you know, what we what we're proud of and what we're grateful for. One question, particularly given, you know, uh, South Asian perspective is, yeah. you know, oftentimes the perspective of style when it comes to South Asian culture and style is is indeed one of excess colors yeah. and and fabrics and, and um, you know, the, the glimmer or, or glamour in some ways of fashion. So is there an element that gets left behind from that or does, it, you know, has that been a challenge yeah. to weave into the sort of brand and the style? It, it really has been um, from a messaging perspective because yeah. fewer, better things to some people means minimalism. Yeah. But to, to us, it doesn't mean that. It means what gives you joy. So yeah. I think pre-Marie pre Kondo, when we came to market, right, because mm -hmm. she didn't really hit the scene until 2015, 2016. Sure. It, there was that tension because we would say, look, if you have 100 pairs of jeans and you love them, yeah. Right. And you wear them all the time. That's fantastic. We're not saying only have two pairs of jeans. Right. Right. So fear better things for us is really about it could we, as a brand, we're actually really good at color. We do a yeah. lot of color. Yeah. Um, and so and, and to the pure diehard minimalists, they would always kind of be disappointed by that. answer. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, but to us, it really is if you're going to get bored of it, 
then yeah. it's not a fewer better thing. And a fewer better thing to us is so many of the pieces are heritage pieces that tell yeah. stories, right? And you yeah. can't even, they're not going to fit into a black, white, brown kind of bucket. Sure. Um, so we've never, we've never restricted ourselves that way, even from style perspectives, like some things that feel maybe a little more trend, but it's something that I've had in my closet for years. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's something that you really have to, um, you have to celebrate and diversity is important to, you know, to us. I mean, uh, uh, me being South Asian, Carla being, you know, Latin, yeah. um, we want to make sure that there's still a lot of flavor. Uh, um, <laughs> and, and I mean, with that sort of, you know, flavor, if you take the entrepreneurs, um, you know, I guess version of this, is that leaving something on the table when you tell someone, you know, not to buy, 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 and yeah. rather to be thoughtful about what you're purchasing if the end goal is to have, you know, X number of Guyana products um, yeah. in, your, in your trunk or in your closet, um, it, would the pure entrepreneur sort of scoff at that and say, no, the, the, in fact, the adage should be to have more Guyana products in your closet. How do you marry that together? They, we've received that question a lot and we're, we're yeah. a venture backed company. Um, yeah. and so they, you know, there was some hesitation around the messaging, but the, the value of Guyana is that we marry all three things that a consumer wants, the quality the beauty and the sustainability and sustainability to us is integrity. It's sustaining right. our suppliers. It's making it with origin and story. Um, so it's, it's really bringing that integrity about producing responsibly. Um, and what we've found with our consumers, once they have that and they feel that specialness and they're wearing it over and over again, they do want more of it. Yeah. Um, right. So it's not, we don't think that that's um, a limitation by any means. And, you know, right. and, and we share wallets. It's not like a consumer's yeah. only buying Kuyana. Yeah. Um, but, but when all we want to know is the piece that we deliver to her is one that she's reaching for time and time and time again. Sure. I think that's a good segue to ask um, a little bit more about yeah. the idea of how to now build a culture of empowerment, right? So um, the woman who is now taking the brand and making mm -hmm. that choice, what does it take, in fact, what is Kuyana's role perhaps in advancing that culture of empowerment? How does this in help empower women to either make choices or um, empower themselves to be in a position to make those choices? Yeah, um, you know what we've found is that, um, and this is not trite by any means, but yeah. when a when a woman feels like her best self, yeah. right? Um, that when she feels beautiful, put together, um, she really is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's really about giving her. We we are we are mind. We know what impact we can make, and the impact we make is through product, through our company philosophy of sustainability. We can help with you know, um, giving suppliers and creating jobs around the world and, um, treating our workers with integrity. We can do all of those things for the consumer itself. We are delivering a product to her. Right. Yeah. And that product has to feel amazing every time she wears it. So she feels amazing. Right. And if, if it continues to deliver, we feel like there's two outcomes of that one. She feels fantastic, which yeah. means she can do anything. And the second thing is she doesn't have to think about it all the time. Right. And it just, there's so many things that she has to think about. Um, if we can simplify it in any way that she knows if she packs that Guiana piece in her bag when she's traveling, if she wears that piece and it always delivers for her, it's just one less thing she has to worry about. 
You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, and my guest today is Shilpa Shah. After a quick break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the spirit of entrepreneurship. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Faran Tahir, and you're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my guest today on Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing is Shilpa Shah. And Shilpa, I wanted to find out um, in your mind's eye and how you thought about entrepreneurship from the outside looking in, it always, especially for a successful brand and company, mm-hmm. It always looks very shiny and bright, but obviously yeah. there's um, costs and risks and setbacks um, to deal with. And what lessons have you maybe learned when it comes to resilience in the iterative process and building the brand and, and going through that where um, behind the scenes, it's been a lot of hard work and, and a lot yeah. of real hardship in some ways. Can you reflect a little bit on that? Absolutely. Um you know, it, it, it is very true. And I think entrepreneurs are having this moment in the limelight, you know, um, female founders, especially where it feels like this very glamorous journey. Um, cause we get to do things like this and these podcasts and, right. um, the, height of, the and, height of glamour. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, um, behind the scenes, it's, it's a very messy, difficult process. And I, I think the part that really, um, that I've found that I've shared with other entrepreneurs and I'll share now is, is it really comes back to the intention as to why you're doing it. Um, and if your intention is set to be on the glamorous side of it, then you probably shouldn't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's really about having clarity about your goal with it. And if you keep clarity on that goal, you will also know when you're successful. Cause mm-hmm. that's also something that becomes very unclear. It's like, when do I, when have I reached success? And you, with entrepreneurship in a startup, you can always keep going. Right. Right. Yeah, and not right. to say that once you've hit that milestone, you don't keep going, yeah. but to take a moment to pause and celebrate that for yourself is a really important part of the process as well. So I think having a clear intention as to why you're doing it, that's meaningful to you during the process of doing it is important. Yeah. And then defining a success milestone for yourself is also important. So for me, it was about building something from nothing, right? Could I take an idea and start from, you know, it wasn't the idea itself to fall in love with the idea, but what's going to happen in the execution that makes it something different. And, and that's how you were able to, how I was able to get behind something that was entering in a very saturated space, right? There was no shortage of handbags and tops and dresses in the world, right? So how was I going to drive meaning from that? And it was really about differentiating it and making something for a woman that she didn't have. And so discovering what that was, messaging it to her, evolving the line until it reached that point where I was proud of it um, is what bookend my bookend, at least those first two questions for me in the journey. And, you know, when, you know, and I've heard people talk about this before where they're either mired in struggle or in Mm -hmm. fact, really glowing in a lot of success on either sides of those, you know, polar opposites, if you will. Is it tough to maintain your clarity, not only for yourself, but then for the, your teams around you and really focus on kind of what's driving that intention? 
Absolutely. It gets very murky along the way. You lose sight of it. You come back, you have the worst, you have your worst and best moments. Um, you channel cause the stress of it all and what you're weighing uh, every single day, um, as, as hard as you try, it does reflect on others, right? Like people sure. do pick up on that at home and at work and it brings out some ugly parts of you. Um, but that's also part of the iteration and you have to learn to say, you know what, I'm going to try again harder tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I got to let that go. I got to let that loss go. I got to let, you know, the same way as you celebrate the victory and you have to let the victory go too. Sure. Right. Because the next day you got to do it all over again. Um, well, and has, so, has your experience as, um, a busy mom and an entrepreneur, have they collided with each other or have they sort of integrated in that sort of letting go and, and learning from each side of that process? They're starting to integrate now. And even the same kind of mindset that I have to apply at work, I apply at home where it's like, you know what? I wasn't the best mom today. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Sure. Well, and now it's time to let that go. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And, and let it go fast. So, you know, perhaps the, the experience, then you find more joy in it as well. Um, One question that sort of, I think comes up a lot is, as someone who wears many different hats as being a successful entrepreneur, um, founding Kuyana, being a busy mom, um, and also living in uh, sort of purposeful and, and joyful mm-hmm. life, when you meet uh, young entrepreneurs who are maybe starting something out and um, they're actually faced with some of the same either challenges or dilemmas that you were faced with, um, what sort of advice or mentoring um, can you provide for maybe those who are at the cusp of of that same kind of discovery process that you had when you were first starting out, what sort of pieces of um, advice may you, would you have for women who are also in that same position? I, I, um, and I'm going to be a little crass here because I think it gets the point across. Um, The thing I always tell them that, um, that does actually resonate deeply with me and I hope with them is that balance is bullshit. Yeah. Um, that I really think that us as telling other women that you can have some kind of balanced life and achieve everything is never possible. And it sets mm-hmm. us up to, to fail. Yeah. Um, and that in, when I look back at my life, yes, I was able to have three children and they're happy and my marriage is happy and my business is successful, but different things took the front seat at different times. Yeah. Um, otherwise it wouldn't have been possible, um, every single day. There's, there's no way you can achieve balance. Um, even the word itself means you take from one to give yeah. to the other. It, it, the analogy is always that you're sitting on this teeter totter yeah. and something else is getting pushed either up or down. Right. And so if you optimize for fulfillment, um, you know, and you're saying, okay, I want to have all these things in X amount of years, then you're going to be more successful because it might mean that for two years you don't work out. I don't know. Or you don't achieve like everything you could, or you outsource every meal or you hire a nanny, right. When they're young because of certain, you know, like you don't need to spend as much time with them face to face. Right. And they know that they love, you love them. You, you, you cuddle with them at night. I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, But if your focus is work and business, you can always take care of, I'm not saying drop the balls and like, you know, don't ever have dinner with your husband. <laughs> like I'm just right, saying right. that, that some things have to fall to the wayside and you kind of have to prioritize in order to get fulfillment um, first of the things that you're trying to achieve. 
And when you are, you know, perhaps having those conversations with entrepreneurs who are starting out or, or women who are just starting this out, um, does that come as a surprise to them that this is yeah. kind of a, a, a advice piece that you're sharing? I, I think it does because I think they've been told their whole life that they can achieve everything. Um, and, and yes, like when, and when they look at me, they're like, oh, here she has achieved everything. Yeah. But the two parts of that, that I always try to dispel is a, it was really hard and I almost came close to losing some of those elements. Right. Sure. So it was lucky that I achieved everything. Right. Um, cause you're, you don't know it at the time. Um, yeah. and so to, to say that the journey was not hard, I think, you know, gives them the wrong sense if they're, cause they're, if their journeys are hard, then they feel like they're doing it wrong, which is not true. true. Um, and then the second thing is that, you know, um, they can't, they can't have everything every day. And so things have to be sacrificed. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes the, like you have to walk away from work so that you can spend time with your children. Um, yeah. that's also important. It depends on what, what life is serving you at that time. Well, I'm sure that folks who are listening and folks who are learning with you get a lot of reassurance for it. And Chilpa, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real terrific pleasure to talk and I hope you'll come back and join us soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.